You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I saw Torrance come in and I thought, come preach my message for me, brother. And, uh, but I, I'm going to try to get something very important across tonight. How many know the Jesus that we witness on TV, he didn't know he's on TV, is sometimes not the Jesus we see in the text. It's just not the one we see in the Bible. Now, of course, that depends on what you're watching on TV. But I want us to hear from the Master tonight about the cross. And when you hear me say that, and understanding that the emphasis is laid in our ministry, Brother Swaggart has led the vanguard there, please understand that my goal, since I started to learn the cross, is to discover it for myself right here. And I have been just overjoyed to find the truths that have been spoken backed up in the Scriptures. But let's look at something that Jesus taught about the cross. I'm going to say this tonight. I can't guarantee you this is going to be a shouting message. I hope it is. I hope you're running the aisles by the end. But something in me says we're going to have to think a little bit tonight. Isn't that good when we come to church and have to think a little bit? Because there are some misconceptions about the cross. And one of them, I'll say it now, is that, oh, it's, it's going to lead me to some greater place of prominence. It's going to get me where I want to go. But Jesus seems to say something else. Chapter 14 of the book of Luke, and I'm going to begin in verse 25. When you're there, say amen. Could I get a little more volume? Just at least up here, what I'm hearing. And yes, you're welcome to stand tonight. Give honor to the word, amen? Praise God for his word. Luke chapter 14. And there went, verse 25, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father and mother, and wife and children, and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot, and look at your neighbor and say, he cannot, be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sits not down first and counts the cost, whether he has sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. And I'm going to skip down for time's sake to verse 33. So likewise, just to show us he hasn't left this subject matter, whosoever he be of you that forsakes not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. And I want to preach a message tonight as you pray with me. Where does this road lead? Where does this road lead? Pray with me. Father, I thank you for your grace. 
Lord, I thank you for this road we have with Jesus. I thank you for the privilege of being a follower. I thank you for the privilege of being able to look right ahead and see that he's already walked this road of life for us. The good shepherd. He's already paved the the path for us ahead, Lord God. He's already removed the obstacles and he's already conquered. And Lord, as we look to him tonight, we'll draw strength for our journey and for our walk as we follow him. And Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name tonight. Anoint this word, anoint this message, and everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. And there went out great multitudes. How many know great multitudes followed Jesus? Whole lot of people following Jesus. A whole lot of people saying, I'm following the Master. And incidentally, when you study this text exactly on Jesus' journey, Jesus turns to the, this, these, this great multitude that's following Him, and He turns to tell them something. Sometimes it's very important to, to talk to get the attention of the people following Jesus so that they know where the road with Jesus leads. Some people are following Jesus today. Some people, maybe you tonight, maybe those listening by Facebook or streaming, you're following Him, but you're not necessarily sure where exactly this road is going. And can I tell you tonight, in our text, Jesus, the Son of the living God, God incarnate, He was not on His way to some place of prominence in this life. And glory. On, in this text, Jesus turns around and looks at the multitude who was no doubt following him because of who he was, or at least what he had become known as, or his title, or his pomp and circumstance. And that's the problem today. We're following him for what he can do for us. But he turns to the multitude and he essentially says, Do you know that this road that I'm walking on, because the Bible says he had entered Jerusalem and he was going to the cross. And he looks at his people that are following him and he says something to them so biting, so spine chilling, that do you know that walking with me, if you're going to be my disciple, and if in fact you don't do this, you can't be my disciple, unless you too bear your cross. Are you listening? If you don't... Lose everything. Unless you, he says, forsake all. And he uses the term, unless you hate father, mother, wife, children, brethren, sisters, and your own life. You can't be my disciple. Jesus wasn't preaching hate, but it speaks of preference. Hello? Preferring things other or outside of Jesus Christ. Did you know that the greatest work of the Holy Spirit in your life is detaching you from what you prefer? And replacing it, I know that's not popular, with what He prefers. It's called the will of God. So if the cross you're embracing, are you here? doesn't lead to the fulfilling 
of the will of God for your life, you can't be his disciple. Because that's what following Jesus is all about. And that's where the cross will bring us. Today we celebrate Holocaust Remembrance Day. Did you know that? And I found that interesting as I was getting ready. And in it we hold the memory of millions who lost their lives because they were not in control of their destiny. I want you to think about that statement. They were not in control of their destiny. Because a demonic madman who had amassed the kind of power over his own people only few have ever dreamed of possessing, and because he had nothing but hatred in his heart for this beleaguered ancient and holy people, their fate would be death by cold-blooded genocide. And you know that to be true. Unfortunately, some in my generation are being told that it never happened. I don't know if you knew that, but people are trying to rewrite history. Three things were true about the Jews. Number one, these people were publicly ridiculed by widespread anti-Semitism. Number two, their fate was in the hands of those who were much more refined and stronger than they were to defend themselves. Am I right? So they were subject to public ridicule and shame. Shouldn't have been that way. But Satan had fought against them in such a way, has and still does. Anti-Semitism is still on the rise. And it won't stop until Christ comes back. That's what the Bible says. But they were subject to, listen, public ridicule. Number two, their fate. And I want you young people, I want you old people alike to hear that tonight. Was not in their hands. They did not determine what the end result was going to be. Does life feel like that sometimes? You feel like you're out of control? You feel like things aren't in control? But somebody else is determining, Satan, what goes on in your life? That's bondage. That's horrid. That's horrible. It's not God's will for us. But their fate was in the hands of someone else. And then number three, no one, listen to this, truly knew their value the worth, and the potential grace which this aged people possessed. They didn't know. They overlooked it. Some of the greatest inventions in human history have come from the Jewish people. And some of the greatest promises in the Word of God, potential. We like that word in the church today, potential. Amen? We're given to this people. But these three things are not just true about the Jews, as today's their, their, we're holding in their, their memory today. These three things, we draw a parallel in our text. And I can promise you that every human being, every one of us, hates, detests these three things. Public ridicule, I don't care how macho you act or how holy you act. Nobody wants to be subjected to public ridicule. 
and in, truthfully, because of the way the Bible works, it, hap- it shouldn't be happening, and it shouldn't be happening in the church. But sometimes it's the case. We should, I'm going to just preach for a second. We should be trying to keep people from losing their way. And what I mean, blasting them in the church when we find out something wrong happened. Public ridicule, oh man. It's not God's will for you to publicly expose a preacher on social media unless you have first of all what? Talk to him yourself. That's the Bible way. I'll leave that alone. We shouldn't be done. That was the rabbit trail. I'm going to get back over here. Nobody likes it. Amen? I don't think there's anybody here say, I like public ridicule. Number two, nobody likes not being in control of their fate. We are... You know the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? That came from the human heart. It's the doctrine of being in control of the people. But there's one thing that's true about the flesh. We don't like being mocked, put to shame, especially in public. And number two, we can't stand not being in control. Are you here? And I'm going somewhere. Just hold on. Number three, we hate when our efforts seem to go unnoticed. When what we do seems insignificant. We don't like it. Ineffective, what we do. Like the Jews, of course, they were, their their worth, their value was not recognized. It was the opposite. Nobody in this room tonight would say, I'd sign up for that. But yet you're doing it, and some of you don't even know it. You're signing up for public ridicule. You're signing up of not being in control of your fate. You're signing up. You're signing up. What's the third? For your work being ineffective and useless. Jesus called it salt that has lost its savor. When you avoid learning the truth that is right here in the text of bearing your cross. Because Jesus said, if a man's going to be my disciple, he must... Bear his cross. You can't be my disciple. So if you ignore this truth tonight. Now it's the truth of the gospel. It's the truth that Christ established. It's the blood of Jesus that we just sang about. It's everything. It's wrapped up in the new covenant. It's found in the finished work of Christ. And I know you know that. But look at what Jesus says. He says those who don't count the cost. Meaning what? Meaning what the cross will literally do to your life, what it will take out of the flesh, what it will render uh, useless, or what it will literally reduce us to, what we will sign up for. If we avoid learning the truth of the cross, you're going to be like a tower that was unfinished. And those who watch the unfinished tower will mock. Are you here? 
I don't know what that means to you. But sometimes what it looks like is drug addiction, alcoholism, sometimes depression. I can't get out of bed in the morning. I can't go to church anymore. I don't know why I'm not happy. I should be having the joy of the Lord, but I can't be happy. That's not God's will. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And I'm not saying I don't sympathize or empathize. I do. We've all been in a place of depression. You know, psychologists say everybody, or they, they believe, suffers from some form of mental illness. And I know a lot of people, and I say amen. But let's get real here. Psychology's doing the best they can, I think. I'm not really sure what they're doing, honestly, sometimes. Whoever they be, like that English. The Bible says that our minds are unfit for use, by the way. It's called reprobate minds. All our minds are sick. We don't know what to think. What's my What's my point? Publicly, that problem had starts to surface, and those in public look at that building, someone who did not count the cost. That's what Jesus says happens here. When you do not understand what it means to bear your cross, to walk with where He walked, to, to follow after Him, you will find yourself like someone who did not count the cost of finishing what they started. You know why churches are shutting down today? You know why believers aren't finding the strength they, find, they need to carry on in the Spirit? It's because they've avoided the power of the new covenant. They've overlooked what, what Jesus said in this text. And He said, unless you're willing to lose everything, and unless you take up the cross and follow Me, you'll be like that unfinished building. That's your personal life. That's your ministry. That's everything that is noticed. He said, lest happily after he's laid the foundation. Some of you, the Holy Spirit's already laid a foundation in your life. But today, where are you? I know that that's a strong word, but it's, we need to be asking that. Because if you're having any doubts of going forward, we need to consider whether we know what it means to be a disciple. And behold, all that see it begin to mock him. Now, I'm telling you this as a friend. That's not fun. It's not fun having to watch people self-destruct. It's not fun having to watch the Results of ignoring the cross. The power of God, Paul said, in your life. All mock him. Point made. Then he said this. And some of you feel this way. Fear has set into your heart. Fear has set into your mind and into your life. <clears throat> because you didn't decide the peace agreements. He said this, or what king 
going to make war against another king, sits not down first and consults whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that comes against him in 20, 000, with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends an embassage and desires conditions of peace. And guess what? He doesn't set the terms. The victor does. Some of you are in places today you never dreamed spiritually. It's an uncharted course. You're in a place that you were not in control of. When we leave the blood, and when we leave the foundation, the altar that's been broken down, when there should be rain, there'll be no rain. When there should be blessing, there'll be no blessing. Are you here tonight? This was Jesus teaching on the cross. (laughs) And these are the consequences of a man who does not take it seriously. He will be publicly mocked. And he will, number two, not be in control of the peace agreements. Let me tell you something. I'm going to speak to the young people, the old alike. It is not God's will for you that you be in bondage to sin. I don't care how much Satan has pushed that into your mind. That's the terms of the evil one. Don't settle for his terms. Don't settle for his peace agreements. Get on the road that Jesus was on. The road, listen, this is what happens. This is why people go astray. Can I just be plain with you? This is why we wander from the cross. There's always a moral reason. Because you see, that very thing, the reason the multitudes were following him, and I need a little more volume if I could, or I'm going to have no voice for tomorrow night, was because of this desire for the, high, for, for the limelights. Man, if I walk with Jesus, he's going to bring me up into his kingdom, and I'm going to be right next to him sitting. You remember the disciples? Even some of his closest disciples, they thought that's what living and walking with Jesus was all about. Let me tell you something. He's not here to make you a good preacher. He's not here just to build your church and make, let, let the pews be warm and let all the tithes be in the house, okay? He's not here for everything monetarily just to go successfully. Sometimes you're going to be in a prison like Paul. But instead, he said, amen, I, I'm, I'm going to start preaching if you don't start shouting. Sometimes... It's not those things that we're pursuing in the church that this is all about. Walking with Christ and living for Him and walking the road of the cross is not to bring you to a pedestal. It's not to lead you to a place where He sets you up on a pedestal and says, look at me. Oh man, and I know we all have to work around this whole social media stuff where I'm following this guy and they're following that guy. But that ain't God either. Hey, you know, I got a page and I I use it for this kind of stuff. Only reason I've got one is I ran out of friend space on my other page and I got to get another one. So I start getting friends so I can say, hey, let's have church. But other than that, I promise you this, ain't nothing pretty about this guy. I ain't there to to boast my, to puff myself up. I know what I'm there for, but that's not what church is all about. It's not so we can be promoted. 
It's that, and that's what we're thinking today. Oh, if I get connected, if I network a little bit, everybody's going to know my name. So what if they know your name? Are you walking with Jesus? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you bearing your cross? Whether somebody in church knows your name or not, are you blessed? (laughs) Are you living? Oh, man. The cross life. That's what it's a, and so many people in church, let me tell you something. We're sick because we think living for Jesus just puts a couple more zeros in the, in the, in the bank. Or if I add Jesus to my life, just this, Jesus will just make this part of my life better. Oh yeah, that's what he said, right? He said, yeah, whenever you add the cross to your life, I'm going to make your life better. Oh, I'm going to look at you in the eyeballs now. He's not here to make your life better. He's here to end your life. He's here for you to die. He's, you, he's here for you to forsake everything. I told you I was going to tell you what he said about the cross. It's not to make you the most popular. And it's not just so you can be God's anointed. It's so you can die. Because you don't want to see you anymore. The greatest blessing in my life is being able to say, I get to lay the old Joseph down. And I get to pick up the new one in Christ. I don't want to see me anymore. The me is, 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 (laughs) well, I'm going to leave me out of it. But I've seen what I can do. I've, God the Holy Spirit peeled, behind, peeled the curtains back and let me see a little bit of where my life, me being in control of everything, will lead. It'll lead to sin, destruction, and bondage. I don't want that. You don't want that. You need the cross. You need to know what it means to be a disciple. To follow after Him. And nobody likes it when what we're doing in the kingdom is ineffective. I didn't preach this sermon. Jesus did. Because he said you'll be like salt that has lost its savor. All it's good for is, is to be trampled down. Ineffectiveness in the kingdom. What we do in the church today if we leave the cross is a joke. Salt that is lost it's savor. Hmm. The words Jesus spoke, I gotta move on. Was and the listen, the words he spoke here, the message that he bore was who he was. I hope you see that. He preached a message. And you can go through this chapter, chapter 14, where he tells those, this is interesting, he goes to a Pharisee's house, chief of the Pharisees, right? He's bid there, somebody invited him to dinner, and he has a story for each group that's there. And you know what every story was about? God didn't save you to promote you. I'll prove it to you. I'm telling you, this is a problem. Whether you're going to admit it or not. You may tell your wife that it was right in the car. You might not tell me now. But I'm right. Because Jesus is right. 
He looks at the guy, the ones that were bidden to the feast, and he watched them all running as fast as they could for the what? The highest seat in the house. And he says what? He who exalts himself will be abased. He who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus didn't have to find that message. He lived it. Because the incarnation proved it. He was everything. See, you want to find something wrong with... Let me say it different. You, you, want, to, you want to find something that people... It's impossible for people to do. Give up their position. But your Jesus did. It's impossible for the flesh to let go of control in and of ourselves. Position. That's what we crave. That's what we want. And with our eyes on those things, rather than walking with Jesus, we will self-destruct. That's the difference. See, the world goes after this, but Christ is saying, you want to be my disciple, you've got to lose everything. You've got to understand, I'm on a road that is leading to a cross. This road right here, yes, it's a road of blessing. It's a road of power. It's a road of healing. Hallelujah. It's a road of, of regeneration. It's a road of speaking in other tongues. I don't care if you believe in it or not. They're speaking in tongues in Africa today. They're speaking in tongues in Asia today. But this road with Jesus, yes, it's a road of blessing. But it's a road of dying to self. And yet, he said it to the multitudes. How many know tonight, the multitudes are not all understanding where this road leads. Many people doesn't mean much blessing. As in the case of Christ, there are many people today, you're in church, you're a part of a church. You don't know where the road of discipleship leads. The road that he walked is the same we walk. It's death to what I prefer and to what I love and to what I want and to my will. And it's a picking up, a bearing, <laughs> which is a good burden. What did he say? My yoke is easy and my burden is a light one. Hallelujah. And if you'll pick up his burden today, you will find not burdens and fear, but you'll find rest unto your soul. But we get distracted by the high seats. And there they are running all to the high seats. And Jesus has a message for the guests that were bidden. And then he looks at the, and then he looks at the chief of the house. And what does he say? He tells him, hey, look, next time you throw a little banquet, don't just invite all the rich people. I'm just paraphrasing it. You okay with that? It's what he said. Because he said, when you do good things for them, they'll pay you back. But he looked at them and said, invite the poor and the maimed and the lame and bless them. They can't pay you back, but you'll be rewarded in the day to come. That's what he said. He had a message for the guests that were there that was about what? It ain't all about prominence. And then he had a message for the chief of the house, the chief Pharisee, and said what? It ain't all about promotion. It ain't all about where you're getting, where you're going to go. 
He said, those that humble themselves will be exalted. That's discipleship. That's walking with Christ. Hmm. And what he lived, he preached. This was not hard for him because he had already decided to what? Lay aside his deity. Lay it aside. And I'll end with this. Philippians chapter 1. Sorry, chapter 2. And we all know this tonight. And I know in some ways I'm preaching to the choir. And in a minute I'm going to start preaching. I'm preaching to nobody right now because I'm flipping. But I'm going to find Philippians. Somebody give God praise tonight while I try to find this book. Amen. All right. Well, I'm just doing worse. I found it. There it is. If there be any consolation, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, bowels of mercies, fulfill my joy. That you be like-minded, have the same love, being one accord. Let nothing be done through strife, vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the, on the things of others. Selfishness has no place at the cross. Then, then he says this, let this mind... Be in you. Allow this to take place. Let this mind be in you. Allow the, meaning what? You're not in control of it. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to walk and how to think. Allow this mind to be in, what mind? Which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the death of the cross. Listen, he humbled himself. The cross, humility. The cross, promotion? No. The cross uh, and, and prestige? No. The cross and true blessing? Yes. But he lowered himself. He humbled himself and became obedient under the cross. And here's why. God did what he did for Christ. Wherefore God also has highly <laughs> exalted him. And given him a name which is above every name. Let me tell you something. Some of you hear what I'm saying tonight and you're scared. You're fearful of what life will look like when you let go. Read it again. Because he did this, God has given him a name which is above every name. What you're fearful of letting go of will be the means to your blessing. A blessing that far exceeds what you could ever dream of in the flesh. A blessing that goes way beyond what our human mind, Paul said, can ever think or even comprehend. That's our problem. We're trying to figure out life all on our, on our own. We're trying to see what we can gain. We're trying to see where we can get. We're to let go 
of the control. Humble ourselves like-minded like Christ. And then, I'm not saying he'll give you a name like Christ. But in some senses, he will. Because one day we're going to rule and reign with him. And we are promised those who humble themselves will be exalted. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due season, he will exalt you. You don't want what he doesn't add to you. Let him do it tonight. Praise the Lord. And that at that name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue will confess. Things in earth, things in heaven, that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. To the glory of God. The Father. I read this earlier and I'll share it with you. Singers and musicians, y'all can come back. We can retain our humility by comparison with the perfect. It's when we see or hear the expert that we realize how poor our own performance is. He said you're to lose your life if you want to what? If you want to find it. And the expert was him. Many golfers decided to burn their clubs after a day watching the pros at golf's Open Championship. Many musicians have decided never to appear in public again after hearing a truly great performance. Many preachers have been humbled, like I have when I listen to Torrance. Oh, I mean that too. Almost to despair when they have heard a saint of God speak. And if we set our lives beside the life of the Lord of all life, if we see our unworthiness in comparison with the radiance of His stainless purity, pride will die and self-satisfaction will be shriveled up. The road leads to death, to self, but life in Him. Stand to your feet tonight. Hallelujah. That's God's way. That's God's word. That's God's will for your life. And all we have to do is follow Him and look to His cross and understand that in losing all, we find life and blessing. You can begin to play whatever you feel led to play tonight. As I said earlier, I I didn't expect this to be a, a message where we shout and run and, and jump. But it can save your life tonight. Because as I said earlier, what's on the other side of ignoring this message? Public ridicule, mockery, shame. Your destiny not being in the hands of the one it should be in the hands of, but in the hands of the enemy who will control with terms of agreements that are outside of our foresight and outside of our concern and outside of what we truly should have and desire in God. It will be, you'll find yourself somewhere spiritually you never intended to be. And then number three, your effectiveness for the work of the kingdom and, for the, and for the, just for the kingdom of God as a whole. If we don't find this road to death, to what I want, prestige, promotion, and all the, all the things that the world looks after. It's called the pride of life. We'll never truly be used in the kingdom as he wants us to be. And I'm going to open these altars tonight. It's a word of repentance. It's a word of checking inwardly to see 
What am I truly pursuing? Am I pursuing promotion or am I pursuing a greater walk with Him? And I want to open these altars tonight. If that's you tonight and you need a touch from Him, strength in your your spirit, I want to open these altars and you be led by the Spirit of God. Let Him touch you and let Him minister in your life for these next few moments before we go. Whatever you feel led, just sing it tonight. Praise the Lord. Every hour, Lord, we need you. Our pride is too big, Lord. We need you. Our hearts are too sinful, Lord. We need you. Lord, we relinquish. We we let go of the control, Lord God. And we take up the cross. And we say, Spirit, lead us. Out into the waters of your grace. Hallelujah. Waters are swimming, Lord. Would you lead me, Lord? Would you produce it in me, Lord? Would you create what I can't create? Would you do through me what only you can do through me? Would you do in this church what only you can do in this church? Do in our lives what only you can do. Build what only you can build. Edify what only you can edify. In the name of Jesus. Search me, O God. Know my thoughts today. See if there be any wicked way in me. Hallelujah. We've got to follow him to What direction are you going? thank him we can praise him his word never fails amen it never returns void anybody ever gone on vacation 
Anybody ever bought one of those crazy vacation packages? Well, some of us, some of you, I'll say that. You got the finances. You want the works. You ever heard of that? I want, the, I want everything. I want, all the, I want all the lights. I want all the shows. I want to see it all. I want to experience the whole deal, right? Let me tell you something. You'll never experience the whole deal in God. The works. There'll be something missing if we don't follow him to Calvary. If you try to build it yourself, I preached it at the family camp, and I'll, I'll say it again from the Psalms. Unless the Lord builds from the ground up, the foundation was mentioned in the text, unless he builds it from the ground up, they that labor and build the house labor in vain. You don't want to spend so much time trying to build this life, trying to bring you where you need to go. Get lost in the river, amen? Get lost in Calvary. Die and let him raise you again. Amen. You've been blessed tonight. You've been blessed tonight. If you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.